Welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. Today's guest comprises one half of the group you just heard, that being Malibu Shark Attack and its two core members, Rocky O'Reilly and Tribe One. Tribe One will be joining Matt today, a nerdcore rapper in his own right hailing from Atlanta, Georgia. This month he'll be going on tour to promote his upcoming solo EP, Crisis on Intimate Earths, and also to support his current record, Malibu Shark Attack, the aforementioned duo's self-titled debut. So, from cards to comics and even anime, here's presenting Matt Storm and Tribe One. Hello, Tribe. Sir. Hi, how are you? Good, how's it going? Good. Um, I want to thank you for agreeing to do the interview. Um, oh, yeah. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, since I started listening to your music and when I met you back in March at the best rap show ever, as it was called... Um, yeah. I was blown away by your stuff, so of course I'm I'm, I'm happy to have you on. Um, I do know that um, you recently just got back from Europe, right? Because you were touring for uh, Malibu Shark Attack. Yeah, yeah, I got back uh, at the end of May. And so that must have been pretty crazy. Yeah, that was a that was a good time to say the least. Um, I have to say, as a, as a fan. Of, I remember when you first performed um, "Doing It Wrong" at at that show, and you were talking about Malibu Shark Attack because um, you had only, I think, released that on Spotify, but nothing else yet. I got very pumped for it, and as the album got closer, you guys released here and there. It might have been one of the more, for me anyway, anticipated albums for a while, just because I was so hyped up on what you guys were doing because it was so different from anything else I had heard at that point. Um, and uh, the fact that you guys took this interesting mix of electronica and rock and hip hop um, is not really something you see commonly. Is it, what was the inspiration for for this band, this collaboration? Uh, well, the the guy who did all the music is a, a guy named Rocky O'Reilly, who um, maybe five or six years ago was touring pretty heavily with his old band, which was called Oppenheimer. And they, you know, were a, a, just a regular sort of indie pop band. Um, and they, you know, they were good. They were really good, actually. Um, and they toured with, like, presidents of the United States of America and did a couple of tours with um, They Might Be Giants. And, like, they, you know, they were a pretty big deal. And then when they broke up, Rocky wanted to keep making music, but he wanted to, like, take it in a different direction. And he... Um, this was like right around the time that uh, Adam Warrock was touring with MC Chris. And that was on the tour with Megaran and MC Lars. And I joined up with Warrock because me and him are really good friends. Um, and I joined that tour to back him up for like the last couple of weeks of it. And Rocky is a big fan of MC Lars. This is like a huge roundabout story that's actually really boring. But I'm going to keep going. I'm no, going to start into it. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Rocky is a big fan of MC Lars, was looking at Lars's page one day and happened to see 
like a picture of me and Warrock on stage. So he went back and listened to uh, Warrock's album, The War for Infinity, which I'm on. Right. He heard me on it and was like, oh man, I like this guy. Let me email him randomly out of the blue from Ireland from a Hotmail account. <laughs> he wants to do an album. And uh, it turns out I did. That that's crazy. That's great. I I love stories of that though. When artists collaborate, just from knowing each other. I mean, just being into nerdcore as long as I have. I mean, I discover it. I like playing this game on Spotify, seeing how far down the hole I can go by clicking on one artist and then whoever he featured with to go to another artist. I mean, it's pretty much how I discovered your stuff. Um, Dr. Awkward, uh, you know, like all, all those guys who are featured on their albums, like it's just, oh, they sang with this guy. Oh, well, I love this guest verse. Let me go check out their album. And then next thing you know. Yeah. And uh, hours later, you have like a handful of new favorite rappers. Right, exactly. Um, it's funny because I'm at a point now where because, you know, you and 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 Adam and, and Schaefer and, and Front A Lot and like all of these guys who I've become friends with, just through the internet and through common love of music, like now my Facebook actually starts suggesting other nerdcore rappers to friend on Facebook. Who I haven't spoken to. It's actually how I became friends with Dr. Awkward. He came up and I was like, oh, cool. I like his music. So I told him how much I loved his stuff and sent him a friend request and he accepted it. And I'm going to reach out to him probably soon for an interview too, which would be cool. But it's just, it's just a great dude. Like the that's what I love. I think about nerdcore the most is the community. I mean, I've always liked hip hop since I was a kid, you know, just like I like rock and heavy metal and everything else. But there's something about nerdcore hip hop that like everyone's just in it together and everyone's so so collaborative. I freaking love it. Yeah, it is a very, you know, I think because the scene is so isolated, we all have this sort of like, you know, no atheist in a foxhole mentality. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a perfect metaphor for it, but we're all, you know, it's very much, we're in this together kind of thing. Um, so, um, the Malibu shark tech records now been out for a little while. Um, I've gotten to hear the whole thing. Yeah. I meant to tell you that, um, every time I hear the song Malibu shark attack and you sing your line about the iPod and the iPod clicking comes in because it's oh, yeah. on my iPod. <laughs> Every time the clicking comes up, I pull it out of my pocket. Like, I thought I put that on lock. Oh, <laughs> like you'd think after listening to the album as much as I have, I'd get it. But every time it's like, oh, that sound. Oh, so, but, um, but I like that you guys do stuff like that. You know, you play with your audience, you add little things into, into the, the songs. And, uh, and I think it's a great mix of stuff. And I'm excited for you guys to come out in the States together as Malibu as well. Yeah, me too. Me too. We were talking about trying to put something together in October. Um, and I, I just love being on the road and touring. So I, I want to go and tour and like never come back. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm married now. I have a wife that I need to come home to. And Rocky has a, a wife and a new newborn baby who is amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I got to meet his wife and his son when I was over there and they are just delightful. They're the best. That's very cool. That's really awesome. Um, and so obviously you just put out the new album with, with Rocky. Are you working on any solo tribe one stuff, new stuff now too, or are you just kind of writing? I'm actually, I'm finishing up the writing for a new project. that's going to be called, uh, crisis on internet earths, uh, (laughs) named after the DC comic. Um, and it's, it's very much a nerdcore record and, you know, Malibu was kind of an indie pop rap record that had, you know, nerdy references on it because that's just who I am. Right. 
and purposely tried to make it um, just sort of like, you know, even if you're not interested in the nerdcore stuff, you can, it's still an accessible record. And if you are interested in the nerdcore stuff, like I'm just a nerd, I'm always going to rap like that. Right. This one, this one, I'm definitely going like, yeah, this is a nerd rap record. And so is it only going to be about comic books? Are you throwing a little bit of a, a bunch of different things in there or? Uh, yeah, mostly comics. Um, but then, you know, I'm going to try to do some just regular, like, I'm good at rap kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's probably not a, a great way to sell sell the concept. But I don't well, know. I'm trying to keep the songs fun, lighthearted, and make them fun to perform. Well, something I always think about. Well, that's good. I mean, well, yeah, well, I, I remember my way of um, I've gotten at least three or four of my coworkers at my day job, my boring office day job into you just by sending them your uh, Marvel A to Z rap track. Because whenever I want to sh- like I, I, I would talk about, oh, this guy, Trump one, he's great. You know, I love his stuff or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, all right, well, send me something. It's like, so I want to send them something that'll get them into you. And I'm like, well, this one's impressive for so many different reasons, because we're all nerds also. So I send them that and that that track, just how you pick up speed and add and get faster and faster. It's like watching you do that live back in March was like, what the hell? <laughs> and I like how you have that little voiceover. And it's like, do you want to do that again, but faster? And you're like, no, <laughs> you know, which is just like, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where you clearly come from a background or you grew up being into very nerdy things. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, just like I was blown away when you and Michael and and Adam did that that magic uh, EP. Oh yeah, because I saw that drop and I was like, oh magic, that thing that I always play. Man, they were just here. If I had known, I would have brought my decks or something. Like you know, because I'm I, I, unfortunately magic in 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 my neighborhood in Brooklyn. Like I have a few friends who still play, but most of my friends sold their car cards when they moved out of their parents' place or got an apartment. Yeah. They're like, I've got like thousands of cards. I could keep them or sell them and then actually have money. Yeah. Yeah, those cards are worth quite a bit these days. Some of them, yeah. Some of the older ones. I mean, I, but I also don't buy new boosters anymore. I tend to stick to, like, my older Goblin deck and my Beast deck just and don't yeah. even update and just play with the old cards. Cause... Yeah. Have you been keeping up with, like, the spoilers for the new set that's about to come out? No, I, I want to. It's funny because oh, the, the last set I got into was two or three years ago. A friend bought me a buy-in to like one of the, you know, the uh, draft nights. And I ended up getting him with his money, one of the, the foil rares. And he was like beside oh, himself. Nice. Although I don't remember which one it was now. <laughs> but um, what's what's in the new set? What's exciting? Is there a new function in the new set? Uh, there's something called Soul, which I, I don't really know. I I haven't been keeping up with it as much as Warrock has. Like he sends me pretty much daily updates. Nice. With uh, something he's got going on, but he actually just today sent me a couple of uh, of images of the new Goblin cards that they have in the nice. new set. Nice. Goblins were always my go-to because they were just as destructive to you sometimes as they were to everybody else. Yeah. Like yeah, I used to play with some of the terrible cards that my friends couldn't understand just because they amused me. Like there's one called Goblin Assassin that I have where you literally put him out and then flip a coin and heads, you destroy a character, tails, they destroy a character. And it's like, I like the risk of absolutely screwing myself with one card. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing about goblins too that I really like is that they're all really bad at their jobs. So there's like a chance they could horribly screw things up for you. Yeah. Or you're in trouble. 
Um, and it was it was fun to listen to that EP because there was a lot in it for those who've been playing. It wasn't just for like Magic fans who are playing now. It's pretty much for any Magic fan who's played um, played the game at any point, which is which is kind of always fun. Yeah, and it really like all three, I guess, uh, viewpoints are are uh, you know featured in that EP because Warrock just started playing. I played when the the very first sets were coming out and then stopped and uh kill has been playing for years so you know all we have all of our bases covered um, no matter what stage of the magic obsession you are in uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of of everything for everyone <laughs> yeah. um speaking of the ep and i know adam obviously puts out more music than than any human of this planet probably yeah. could with his <laughs> daily releases and everything else but i had an interesting question about when you guys collaborate you know i imagine most of it's across the internet you send each other verses and and like how does that process work does adam just come up with an idea for an ep and then reach out to you guys uh it sort of depends on the scope of the project like um Actually, like the song Hodor that we did, mm-hmm. we uh, we came up with that in a hotel room when we were on tour together. We were actually playing a show at Rutgers University. Okay. And um, I like earlier that day, he decided he was going to make a Game of Thrones EP, and we just sat in the hotel room listening to beats, and we were like, "Oh, this one should be about Hodor." And then, you know, we came up with it. Uh, wrote the hook as complicated as it is, <laughs> and uh, and then you know went went home after the show and sent each other our verses over email. Um, sometimes it'll just be hey rap on this and he'll send me a beat, or we'll you know email a concept back and forth until we you know settle on something we like and then write our verses. That's that's really cool, and it's 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 neat that in this modern generation like people can record entire albums, not ever seeing each other in person. Like I, I imagine yeah. that's how Malibu shock attack went. A lot of it was you and Rocky yeah. emailing back and forth. That that's in fact, the entirety of it. Like we didn't even speak on Skype until, uh, gosh, when was that? Until December, actually like oh, wow. this past December. So the album, the album had been done for at least eight months at that point before we, you know, heard each other's voices live. Because I, I guess I was going to say heard each other's voices at all, but he had to have heard mine. I was going to say, if he's mixing the a record, yeah, he would have had yeah. to hear yours. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a really awkward mixing process. Right, like I'm not going to listen to him, but I'm going to mix it together. We'll see what happens. Yes, I'm staying true to this gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so how early did you start doing rap i imagine you've loved hip-hop since you were a kid if i were to guess yeah oh yeah since uh snoop dogg's first album came out is when i started really really listening to rap like like a like a lot of moms in the 90s my mom was kind of apprehensive about letting me listen to rap yeah you know there was a couple of songs that i would catch on the radio when we were in the car like uh Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys. Of course, sure. There's some like, you know, DOS effects and EPMD stuff like that that made it out to the West Coast. Um, but when when Snoop Dogg's first album came out, that was everywhere all the time. Yeah, There's nothing that anyone could do to stop that from being everywhere. 
So that was like my real introduction. And then from there, it was just like no turning back. And so, uh, and so have you been writing, writing rhymes that long too, or did that not come till later? No, it came a couple of years later. Um, I would, um, up until I think about eighth grade, what I would do is just memorize as many rap songs as I could. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just say them for my friends or just say them for myself just to, I guess, sort of learn rhythm. And then it was in eighth grade, I think, when I first started writing my own raps. And let me tell you, they were awful. <laughs> Truly, desperately awful. Will there not be a, a future release where you just rhyme your old <laughs> rhymes over beats? You know, when I run out of fresh material, I might have to stoop to that level. <laughs> for, now, for now, I think I'm okay. All right. Um, and so, and I mean, so it's clear also though, you're not only, so I imagine you're also influenced by other musical stylings besides just, just hip hop. Um, because that comes through in your music, uh, easily. Um, what, what would you say? I mean, obviously Snoop was a big influence since that was the first record you picked up. Would you say he was your biggest influence on wanting to do hip hop? Um, no, no, I don't think so. Um, he definitely helped me fall in love with it. And then I think as far as wanting to make rap music, um, I think it would have to be the Lyricist Lounge Volume 1 album. Nice. And that came out in like 97 or 98. But that was, that was my introduction to underground hip-hop, basically. Right. Um, that like listening to that record was the first time it was an anthology and it was the first time I heard people like um, Punchline and Wordsworth and Most Deaf and Talib Kweli, um, Tash from The Alcoholics, um, uh, Jurassic Five was on there, and a bunch of you know a bunch of dudes, uh, Thurston Howell the Third, sure on there he was one of my favorites, um, but just hearing hearing all these people do all these kinds of different styles and the wordplay and the, the, you know, rhyme patterns and stuff like that, that they would put in there was like a huge eye opener for me. And so after that, I just, you know, my friends and I would go to the record store every week to, you know, just try to find new records. And so for me, like when they were getting the, the latest mainstream record, I was digging as deep as I could to find underground stuff. Um, and, that was like around that time is also when I started like really, really writing raps. And I was really into uh, online message board rap writing, net scene is what we called it. Oh, there's yeah. still a lot of, uh, I don't know about a lot of, but there are still some of the boards that were around then are, are still around now. Um, but I was really, really heavy into it back at that time. It's it's funny how the internet's evolved and changed because like message boards were yeah. the future back then. You know, yeah. you wanted a role play, you wanted to play D and D online, you wanted to do just about anything online. It was message boards. That was the only way to do it. And now yeah. I can't like until just now you mentioning do it, writing rhymes on message boards. I was like, I don't know when I the last time I've heard the word message boards before in a while. You know, it's been a while because a lot of people there's so much direct access to 
artists and, and, and nerds and online, like you don't really have to go through a, a whole forum anymore. You can just find someone on Twitter and at reply them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I mean, there are still some pretty active messages. Well, I don't, I don't know. I think Reddit might've absorbed pretty much everything at this point. That's true. Yeah. Um, my my next question is to to take it off music a little bit. Obviously, you're into very nerdy things, movie references and comic book references and such. The like are throughout um, your music. Um, do you have a particular ho- hobby you prefer when you're not writing music or writing rhymes? Uh, a nerd pastime that you prefer above all others? Um, I think it's a split passion. Between, I I don't know that I could ever say I love one more than the other. <laughs> Comics and video games, yeah, my, my absolute thing. I'm actually looking at a at the hanger of FTL right now. Nice. I have my phone is plugged in and I have to have it charged, so I'm like looking at the Kestrel. And I later on tonight I'm going to try to unlock a new layout. Nice. So I'm guessing yeah. then you're a Steam Steam game player. Not until recently, actually. Oh. It wasn't until, I mean, yeah, actually, it wasn't until I got FTL uh, maybe a year or two ago. Whenever it came out is when I got it. Um, But really, really recently, I started playing XCOM. Excuse me, XCOM, uh, Enemy Within. Yeah. On on Steam. Because I played Enemy Unknown on my PS3. And then uh, I guess it was the Amazon sale last Christmas or something like that. Yeah. That it got super cheap. So I couldn't not do it. So <laughs> I bought it and then uh I just beat it like a week ago. And uh yeah, it's amazing. It's one of my favorite games. Yeah, g- gaming is one of those things where like I, I'll step away from it for periods of time in lieu of a social life or career or anything else. But <laughs> I always I always come back to it and it's always but my favorite thing about Steam is when the sales happen I'll buy like 15 games for 15 bucks or some nonsense like that, where everything's super cheap. And then I'll, I'll go and live my life and come back like six months later and go, Oh, look at those eight games. I've still never played. I should play them. Like I'm just playing Bastion now on Steam because I hadn't touched Bastion yet. And the game is incredible. It's amazing. I, I still need to finish it. I got it the day it came out for Xbox and I got, probably like three quarters of the way through it. And then for whatever reason I stopped. Yeah. I'm like, I do that thing where like, if I love something enough, I'll stop so that it doesn't have to end. Oh, so I think that's what happened with Bastion. Cause I love that game. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a blast with it right now. Um, it's funny cause I used to play my Xbox a lot more, but very recently I've kind of pulled away for it back to my PC so I think yeah. ultimately PC gaming is where I've always been because I'm a diehard StarCraft player and like, you know, I love a lot of MMOs, although I don't have time for them anymore. Um, but like the it, the only Xbox game I finished within the last year is Bioshock Infinite because as soon as I started it, I couldn't put it down. I blew oh, yeah. through yeah, I that, that one. Game in like two or three days. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those games where like I'm so bummed that that studio is closing down and making, or like shrinking up and and making going to be making smaller games because both Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite two, story wise, are probably the best narrative games I think I've ever played. Just because of oh well, and Mass Effect. I'm obsessed with the trilogy. Um, that 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 Mass Effect 
it's funny because I sometimes don't even consider Mass Effect a game anymore. Like that story and the connections and the game to game stuff is just, and the music, it's like, it feels like a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's, that's fair. That's totally fair. And it's, it's one of those game series too. Like it was funny when I first moved in with my fiance, I was, she had heard about it and I had talked about it and she was interested in the story and the fact that you can be a, a female hero and it doesn't change anything really. You Can you be just as badass as a man player? And so she wanted to try it, but she not really plays a lot of video games, but she's so determined to get better at it just because she wants to see this story because even in the first 10 minutes, she was hooked in the first game. Yep. But, um... But yeah, I, I did. I used to do a lot more gaming and then I've kind of stepped back from it. Um, and I had, I had kind of gathered that you did a lot of gaming considering also you did, you know, the first record I heard of yours was the one that's now free on your band camp, um, Devil Rhymosaur, Anamana Gangster. Oh, yeah. Featuring yeah. the music of Anamana Gucci, who, who I love and love this. It's funny because I recently went back to playing the Scott Pilgrim game on Xbox. I heard one song, so I was like, "Why does this song like sound more familiar than usual?" And it occurred to me that it's one of it, you use a bunch of those songs for yep. "Front on a Gangster." That is true fact. I do. I love that soundtrack so much. It's it's just such they it's, do such great eight bit work, you know. Yeah, they really they're good at what they do. They're really really good. And so, was "Anamana Gangster" one of those things where you just? use the music was there communication between you and Anamana Gucci about rapping over the rhymes oh, or did you just sample no, it definitely not no I just uh, I sampled it or actually what I did like I don't know if you would even call it sampling is I just chopped it up and sequenced it the way that it sounds on the album like I didn't add anything to it right because um, I am not a producer I have no idea what I'm doing so <laughs> I just, you know I cut and pasted and made it sound like you could rap on it and then I rapped on it and is that one of those things where is that why it's released on 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 your band camp for free because you sampled their stuff yeah. ah that's okay. yeah absolutely like there's and you know they're one of my favorite bands I couldn't in good conscience like sell their own music right so well, this is one of those things also that I've noticed a lot in Nerdcore because you've done it and, and Adam does it a lot when he does his free tracks online also is that you they, you guys sample or use these great tracks and make this free music that's out in the world that gives that you give access to your fans and it doesn't cost anybody anything because you're not trying to sell it because you're using someone else's music, but you still get the music out there. Like uh, yeah. one of Adam's tracks that still kind of almost brings me to tears every time I hear it is the version he did of Paper Man. Um, the Pixar oh, yeah. short where he wrapped oh, okay. over pretty much wrapped over the, that great instrumental from paper man. And it's like, yeah, Vince Vandal from Baltimore did that beat. And, and that's, that's one of those things where, you know, you hear it and you go, of course it's perfect, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah, there's been a couple of times when I've heard a song that, that Borat has done or a beat that he used or had someone make, and I've just been, ah, you, (laughs) how dare you think of that first? (laughs) Do you have, I imagine there's friendly competition amongst all artists, and you guys (laughs) encourage each other, but I'm I'm guessing that you just made it clear that there are those ones where you go, you, you guy, you. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess that leads me into my next question. How did you end up meeting Adam? Uh, The short answer is on Twitter. Um, 
So right around the time he quit his job to be a full-time rapper, um, actually, no, it was even a little bit before that. So I, do you know the site Comics Alliance? Yeah, sure, of course. So right when that site got started, I was just getting really like hardcore back into comics because I worked at the library, had access to all of these great books. It had been years since I had read anything, and there was just all of these you know, backlogs of stuff that I could just sit down and read anytime I wanted to. And so I did. <laughs> and I, I started uh, reading Chris Sims's blog, the Invincible Super blog. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he has amazing taste in terrible comics, and I love writing. <laughs> and then when Comics Alliance started, he was one of the staff writers, and he started doing the War Rock and Ajax podcast with War Rock. And, uh, so I would listen to that podcast and the theme song is the first thing you hear. Right. And Warrock did the theme song and I would listen to it and be like, oh, this dude can actually rap. And then when I finally did sign up for Twitter, I followed both of them like right off the bat. And uh, the group that I'm in in Atlanta called The Remnant, uh, in January of 2010, I think it was, put out a music video for our song Know This. And uh, to promote it, I was just kind of tweeting at people who had more followers than me. Hmm. And Warrock was one of those people. Um, I was like, hey, check this video out if you like it. You know, retweet it or whatever. If not, that's fine. And he ended up, uh, like, sending it, like, sending personal emails with the link to the song to, like, all of his friends and he retweeted it a bunch of times and just really went above and beyond and then emailed me later to tell me like how much he loved the video and you know he was putting this album together and you know wanted to know if I wanted to be on it and uh yeah and that's how it happened that's awesome. oh and also we used to play uh Tatsunoko versus Capcom online on the Wii Oh, you might have been the only two people in the world who played that game online. Yeah, oh, the Wii's online, not great. I, oh, I, 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 I still have my Wii, and that was one of the most disappointing moments. Like when Smash Smash Brothers is one of those games that I've been playing since it first came out on the N sixty four, and it's that fighting game that you know kind of always brought my friends together to rip on each other and and, and give each other a hard time. It's because it's so much fun to play. And I remember when it was coming out for the way we, I was like, all right, well, we're all going to get together and play together for hours, but then we can all go home and play online. And that first time we booted it up online. I'm like, Oh, where's the chat program? Where's the, the interface? What? Oh, well this sucks. Yeah. And then of course I bootlegged it. So like I was playing smash brothers with my best friend online, but using the, the headset from the Xbox and Xbox Live to talk to him because we couldn't talk on the way. Yeah. Yeah. We would, uh, we would just sit and like call each other as we were playing. It was weird. Um, I have always, always from the very first time I ever played it, hated smash brothers. Really? Yes. Because my jerk friends in high school got it and got good at it before they ever let me play. Oh. Finally did. They would destroy me mercilessly. That's that's always the worst. That's like it was terrible. 
that's like me with like any of this like i love the marvel's capcom games and, and like Marvel's capcom and all of those 2d fighters like i love those games but i have one friend mike who it doesn't matter who he picks like you could pick his character for him and 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 then say all right play that character like play those three characters i'll play these three and then he would still like he'd play the character once and we'll still wreck you with it yeah and that's one of the guys who was in the remnant uh named john was like that we were playing college and he he, you you know like you're saying you pick his character for him and he would still just destroy you make you feel bad about it too yeah this is how good he was he would, but we would get together like every weekend and just have these huge, like 20, like entire dorm floor tournaments, like 20 people crammed into a tiny dorm room playing uh, Street Fighter Alpha 2 and 3. And he would pick Relento. Oh, no. So all the way, like just make it a full rotation before somebody would finally pick 10 and beat him. Yeah. Th- those were always the rough ones. You, know, you got you would take turns with a group of five friends, but it would end up just being that one guy playing all of you. Yep. Yep. Um. So, uh, the the new record that you're working on, have you? Is it is it all written already, or are you still in the process of putting it together? I am putting the finishing touches on the writing, and I'm actually I'm heading up to Charlotte tomorrow morning to uh, to. Uh, go hang out with Michael Kill. I've got a show up there on Sunday. Um, we're actually doing a full Malibu Shark Attack set, um, and I'm I'm borrowing his band for for a set. Oh, that's awesome! With that. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun. And then uh, and then uh, I'm gonna record the record at his house. That's awesome. That's great. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's funny, like having become, you know, acquaintances to friends with, with so many great musicians over the years, especially doing what I do, having a music website and everything. It's like, they'll post stuff from their hometowns of these great shows going on. And I'll be like, man, I wish I could go to that, you know, <laughs> like I've been seeing, cause, cause Michael has been sharing the link for the event for that show for a while now. And I'm just like, can you, like, if I could get there, I would see that show. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah, it's and and uh, something I'm really appreciative about a lot of the musicians that I've spoken to. Everyone seems so just down to earth, especially in the nerdcore crowd. But I think that also comes from being a nerd, and we all kind of, I'm assuming, growing up, grew up the same way. You know, the picked on, the tough high school life, all that stuff, and to make you stick stick together a bit. A lot of people, yeah. Like, uh, it was, it was funny. I, I talked to Michael Kill so much now online through Steam and through Facebook and everything that every time he comments on a thing that I post or vice versa, my fiance will go, Oh, is that your rap friend? Knowing who it is, but likes to pick on me because I, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's great how you can have the internet and create these relationships and get to know people that you, you are, who you, whose music you enjoy without necessarily being able to see them all the time in the town they're in, you know, or them in your town kind of a thing. Which is always great. Um, and so I know you're going to play that show, and you mentioned possibly touring in October for Malibu Shark Attack. Are you going to do any solo Tribe One stuff before then, or are you just going to kind of sit tight, work on the record, and then do some stuff towards the end of the year? Uh, no, actually, I've got uh, a couple of big tours coming up um, on August. Well, do you, you know, uh, like Orlando? Nerd Fest, I think it's called. Yes, um, uh, 
I know that Schaefer pretty much plays it every year. So that's how I've heard about it. Yeah, he mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. This so this is actually the first year that it's happening, but it's it's rising up out of the ashes of Nerdapalooza. Oh, it's Nerdapalooza. I think that I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, Orlando. I I believe it's Orlando Nerdfest. Um, is happening this year, uh, first weekend of August. And I'm not playing that. I'm actually playing Oticon in Baltimore, which I am super, super excited about. That's awesome. Yeah, I I love anime conventions, period. <laughs> this is one of the ones that I've heard is just, like, the best. Um, so I am I get to do that. Warrock is doing it with me. Um, and then uh, Random, who is playing Orlando Nerdfest, is driving up as I'm coming back down from that. We're going to meet in Jacksonville and then start a tour out to Texas. It'll be me, uh, Random and K. Murdoch, and Doug Funny. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, we're doing a week from from Jacksonville to Dallas, and then immediately after that, I'm starting a tour, solo tour, back through the Midwest. Um, so I'll be going from Dallas to, um, to Syracuse, basically. And then, then back down to Atlanta, back home. Very cool. And um, so, obviously, you've mentioned before, you mentioned your apps, and you mentioned here that you're from Atlanta. Have you always lived in Atlanta, or did you live in another part of the country before that? No, I was born in the Bay Area of California. Oh, cool. And uh, I grew up there until eighth grade when I moved to Tucson, Arizona. And then uh, when I graduated high school in 1999, because I'm old as hell. <laughs> I moved to Atlanta. Not old as hell. I graduated high school in 2001, so I'm right there with you. Okay. That's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Approaching 30, because I turned 30 last year, I was like, oh, this is, this, is, this is what it's like to be 30. But once I hit it, I was like in a stride of my life kind of going in a positive direction. So I didn't, like, leading up to six months before, I was nervous about it. But once I got there, I was like, oh, shit, whatever, 30, who cares? <laughs> like, you know, I, I find once you kind of earn the stride, you, you, it, those kind of big milestone ages matter less because you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm totally spaced on what the next question was going to be. So give me a moment while I gather myself. Um, oh, so you mentioned that you're excited about doing uh, Otakon. Um, so I guess that automatically means you're a fan of anime, I imagine. I have recently gotten back into it. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anime was one of those things that I stepped away from a while, too. I mean, I have my favorite one season off, like Cowboy Bebop and Trigun, you know, the big ones. But but like serial anime, I haven't kept up with in so long. But there's so many things coming out now that everyone's talking about. Like, I don't know if you've seen Attack on Titan yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and my wife actually just watched the whole thing not and, too long ago. And so I haven't seen it yet, but like all of my friends all over Facebook are going nuts about it. And there's like so many nerd references on my favorite sites I follow about it. So it's like, I got to sit down and watch this thing one of these days. Because like I, 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 like I did the thing where in the 90s, or the late 90s, early 2000s, I got into all the anime everybody else did. Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, uh, the Outlaw Star, Full Metal Alchemist, like, you know, the usual suspects. Pretty much everything that Adult Swim was showing, because it was before Netflix. But but then I jumped out of it for a while. Do you have a favorite anime from the old, the older ones? Um, it's not super old. 
but my favorite anime of all time is called Cross Game. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's a slice of life comedy. Um, that's just you know just very very quiet very. Um, it it has a lot of like just quiet, very meaningful looks that are exchanged between characters. It's it's hard to explain really what it is about hmm. the series that makes it so good, but it it does a really really good job of balancing uh, romance with heartbreaking tragedy, with uh, um, you know sort of like it's it's also a sports anime. Okay. So there's this whole thing of like rooting for the team and and all of this, but it it balances all of those things exceptionally well, and um. Yeah, it's just it's great. I can't recommend it highly enough. And it's on Hulu too, the whole thing. Oh great. I'll definitely have to check it out. I've heard the name before, but I had not watched it. But yeah. on your recommendation I definitely will. Um Yeah, it's the best. It's the absolute best. Probably one of the oldest animes I think that I still watch as a guilty pleasure whenever I catch it on T V is Dragon Ball Z still. Oh yeah. I just I can't not watch it. Like I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and every time Piccolo is on TV, he's my favorite character. It's like, you want him to win. You want him to be a badass. And he just gets stumped by everything else with a tail on the screen, you know? Yep. Did you ever watch the original Dragon Ball series where Piccolo is amazing? Yes. When he was a villain. Yeah. I, I loved the original Dragon Ball. Um, I even have the, the original movie, the two part movie they did uh, where he, where Goku fights the Red Ribbon Army. Um, but yeah, I used to, I used to be obsessed with all of it. I tried watching GT and I just was like, I can't, he's a kid again. Like I'm done. I'm, I'm over this. But, yeah, um, uh, <laughs> um, I actually, I like the uh, original Dragon Ball better than Z. You're not the only person I've he heard say that. I mean, a lot of the characters who are my favorites in Z were actually cooler in Dragon Ball. And yet I still like Z better. And I don't know why. Oh, cause... Yeah. Like Yamcha. Yeah. Yamcha in the original Dragon Ball is incredible. In Z, he is an absolute punk. Like yeah. he is the worst. That was pretty much it for me. Like Yamcha and 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 Piccolo were my favorites, and they were so yeah. badass. And Shinhan, he was amazing in Dragon Ball. Yeah. And then in Z, he's just like him, Yamcha, and Yajirobe, and and basically everyone who is not Goku, who is in the original Dragon Ball, they just find a crater to hide inside while all of the, the stuff has happened. Yeah. No, yeah. I remember, like, I remember watching that, like, Arrival and all of that, that whole series, like, when they all fight the Saiyans and thinking, well, they were awesome in, 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 in Dragon Ball. They're going to actually put up a fight. And then, like, Zamsu mm -hmm. dies to the first Cyberman. I was like, excuse me, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Where did my character go? Yeah. Um... Yeah, that led to my obsession also with all of those really cheesy Dragon Ball Z fighting games that were out for the Super Nintendo that you could only get, like, if you knew a guy who had those modded systems. The, the terrible, terrible 2D fighters. <laughs> oh, they were so awful. And yet we played them because they were the only Dragon Ball Z games you could get in the States back then. Um, so, so you were saying earlier that the, your two favorite pastimes are video games and comics. Uh, is there a comic that you would recommend um, above others at this point that you're reading? Um, oh gosh. That is a, this is a very, very big question. Yeah. I figure it's like trying to choose your favorite child, you know, and there, and yeah. there are so many comic books out right now. 
Yeah. It's it's basically exactly like trying to have to choose my favorite child. Like <laughs> on an emotional level, it, they're basically the same. Um, is and, there, is there uh, what's one of the newest ones you've picked up then? Um, probably the best one that I've read that is less than six months since it started is one called Southern Bastards. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's written by Jason Aaron and it's drawn by Jason Latour. Um and it's it's uh Did you ever watch the show Friday Night Lights? Yes. Sure. So if Coach Taylor was a crime lord, huh. then then that would be Friday Night or Southern Bastards. But it the the main character is actually like this guy who left this small southern town in Alabama and came back and um you know his dad is famous for cleaning up the town when he was the sheriff and um and so now this guy is like he's old he's come back um his dad has passed away and he's sort of just like cleaning out his old house and uh you know he returns to find the town run by this evil coach Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's awesome. It's really, really good. Sounds great. I'll have to definitely check it out. Yeah. And then obviously Saga. If you're not reading Saga, then you need to be reading Saga. Yeah. No, that one also I've been told as well. It, it comic books is a daunting thing for me because like growing up I used to buy everything I could get my hands on, but then as an adult, like I fell out of sync with so many comics and like Marvel stories just got so ridiculous. And DC also, for that matter, like I was afraid to jump back in because I was afraid I wouldn't have a clue what the hell is going on. Yeah. And that, you know, that's the the thing that I really love about indie comics is that pretty much for the most part, they're all self-contained. So if you can find the beginning of this one series, that's it. That's all you have to read. There's no backstory that you, you know, 60, however many years of backstory that you're missing. You can just start at issue one and know that you're getting all of it. Yeah. Um, there were... Yeah, Midge, Oni, Dark Horse, they're all killing it right now. Yeah. I mean, there there was a series I was reading a few years ago, and then I saw it at Sync with called Chew that I loved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I'm bummed because I only have, like, the first three trades, and I know so many more have come out since then, and I, I really need to get back into it because the... the I, I'm, a, I'm guessing you read it since you... Uh, I... I did. I actually, um, not too long ago, I had to drop a whole bunch of series. I got you. I to buy way too many. <laughs> and, uh, and Chu was one of the ones that ended up on the chopping block, unfortunately. Yeah, that was that was, that series. Like when when the when there was the the a big the big moment happens in the early issues that you don't see coming, and like then I didn't I haven't bought the trade after that. It's like well, I need to know what happens next, and then just money and moving and finances and other stuff. It's like. One of these days I'll go back to it because of all of the newer theories that I started, like that one, it just seems so fascinating. The the, the chip of path and that 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 whole like detective story, but he gets psychic readings from eating stuff. Like it just it seems it's so unique. You know, I haven't heard anything like that before. And there's been a rumor in the entertainment industry for a while that supposedly someone bought the rights to it to do a TV show. Yeah, I do remember reading that. So I'm hoping that actually happens because I think it would make for a pretty cool like showtime series or, or something on hbo maybe or something yeah it would be pretty sweet 
um, bringing it back to music a little bit. Um, I like to, I know that this will probably go the same direction as the comic book conversation we just had was, but I'm curious if you have a favorite song you prefer to perform, not prefer to perform, but you have a, a song that either is the most fun to perform live or is your favorite because of the lyrics or because of the crowd response. Is there a particular song in that you can think of that, that you really enjoy performing live? Um, that, that's a good question. It kind of fluctuates. Um, Recently, for my my own solo sets, um, my favorite has been Kaiju. Mm, yeah. The, the Crush, Kill, Destroy, everything. Sure. Um, which, of course, is a, it's a throwback and a, an homage, if you will, to the old Organized Confusion song, Stress. Yeah. Which old chorus from. Um, but yeah, that one has been amazing. I think... Like, I love that beat of a friend of mine named Jules. That he actually produced a bunch of this stuff on the upcoming record. Um, and I love closing sets with it and just hearing the crowd shout back everything. Yeah. It's so much fun. Um, and then when I was in England doing the uh, Malibu Shark Attack tour, uh, I think my favorite song to perform was uh, Better Off as Friends. Yeah. Yeah. On our um our official album release show in Belfast, which is where Rocky's from, uh, we were playing in the, the basement of this bar called McHugh's and we you know, we closed the set and then the crowd it was a sold out crowd which is crazy. Like it was it was awesome. Uh they started shouting Encore and we had literally played everything that we could. <laughs> so we uh, we just got back up on stage and did that song again, and people started crowd surfing, and the whole place was just going nuts. It was awesome. That's great. Yeah, it was really really fun, really fun. Yeah, it's exciting to see the you know you posting about the response and like I've because I was so pretty much foaming at the mouth for that record once it came out and pretty much <laughs> bought it as soon as I could. I then of course told everybody I knew about it because as a, as a podcaster and someone who runs a music website and reviews music, it's like when I find something that good, I want to tell everyone about it. Like that hip hop you're listening to that's boring and it's just beats like put that away. You want, Oh, you want something nerdy. You want something you could even dance to. You want some great narratives and emotional songs here. I've got a record. Eat this. And like a, a ton of my friends who are into hip hop and we're looking for something new, like ate it up, which was, is always fun as a, person who writes about music and recommends music to give someone a thing like, Hey, I love this thing. Cause you're essentially going, here's my heart. Do you want it? Because yeah. for yeah. someone, for someone to say, Oh, I love this record. And they go, Oh, well that's crap. You like it, it kills you. So I, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to share that with a bunch of my friends and they all really dig it. So. Yeah. That's awesome. As a, as an artist, thank you for doing that. Sure. I mean, it's funny. Like uh, we, my my main podcast that where we do album reviews, um, we recently did our 100th episode. We've been doing it for two years, and we were talking about why we do it, ultimately. And for me, that's it. Like, I love m meeting artists and, and, and interviewing people and reviewing music, but ultimately, I like recommending music to people and then accepting it. Someone digging a thing that I like is, like, the best high and feeling in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I totally feel you on that. 
you know, and, and to be able to recommend stuff. And like, and what I love about the album structure, especially of, of the Malibu Shark Attack record is that you guys like it's high energy, but then in the middle, you take, take it to an emotional place that I didn't know the songs were there. So I honestly didn't see coming that blew me away, you know, having two you know, like the song you do with Lars, and, uh, um, his, that one's not eternal organs. That's, um, that one is back to the start, back to the start. That song, like the first time I heard it, I was just like, Oh, Oh, we're going to get real now. We're going to have some <laughs> feels. And like, I, I totally didn't even see it coming. I mean, Lars's verse about the friend that he lost. I was like, yeah, that it blew me away. Yeah. Lars, Lars really, yeah, he did it. Songs like songs like that that are super personal. Are you ever worried about putting that kind of content out, or do you not care? You just want to you want to talk about how you feel on that. That yeah, no, I never, I never am concerned about being too personal. Like that's just something I I don't think about. I guess I don't know. If, you know, I'm sure it'll come back to bite me at some point. But I'm, always, I'm always willing to put myself out there. You know. I think that's a great way to be. I mean, you know, as a person who like, for me, like I listen to music for a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is to connect. Like I love being able to heal, feel and all that stuff through music. And so, you know, when, when a record has songs that are emotional like that, that I can identify with, I mean, those are some of my favorite albums to know that someone out there is going through what, you're going through, but they wrote a song about it so you can sing along and vent to it or whatever the case is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think music for a lot of us is, is therapy. Um, and so I, I think it's super important to be able to be honest with, with how you're feeling on a record so that it, it can help somebody, you know? And it's important to have fun stuff too. Because you know you can't always be super sad. Sure. Well, that's like the song. Sometimes, sometimes it's more important to to you know cheer somebody up than it is to commiserate. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I totally hear you. I mean, like the first moment I had that with your music was with the song "Midlife Crisis," because you know I just oh, turned yeah. thirty, and like listening to that song and hearing you sing about being thirty and not sh you know just quitting your job to do rap and like all, making all these leaps. And just going for it, you know, like that made me feel really great because as someone who's just starting to push forward with the website, I'm, I recently got engaged and like my life is moving forward. It was cool to hear someone else who's around the same age as me talk about taking the leap and just going for it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, as, as a fan and as someone who enjoys music, I want to thank you for what you do because it means a lot to me and I'm sure it means a lot to a lot of other people too. I appreciate that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, and, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I mean, we're both on the yeah. East Coast, so at least, you know, we're around yeah, the I'm same time. Yeah. But, uh, but it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I, I appreciate everything that you do for, for hip hop, for nerdcore, and for everything else. Um, um, you know, and, uh, as soon as this goes up on our site, I'll let you know. Um, but uh, but I just I really appreciate you taking the time to talk because it's a pleasure as yeah, someone who's a fan. Like I said, thank you, thank you so much for having me. 
And um, and next time you're in New York, we'll have to get together and play some magic because I think that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Till Michael Till has has uh, rubbed off on me to where now I always take uh, my decks on the road. So. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. If you so see me, I will have them. <laughs> awesome. That's good to know. Well, Tribe, I thank you so much. This has been a blast, and uh, and uh, I will definitely uh, let you know. And if you're ever in New York for an extended period of time. And you want to do, because we have a, a main podcast I do with two other hosts where we uh, we review an album. I'd love for you to bring an album and talk about, oh, talk, talk music with you. Because that's, yeah, that that's, awesome. that's the other thing we do. We sit down, we, we analyze the record and do a track by track analysis and discuss it. So I'd love to sit down with you and do that if you have some time. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Tribe One. And I'll, I'll catch you next time. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Right. Take care, man. Thank you. If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.